Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to episode 80 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me is the Wednesday team once again, my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. Hello. And Janelle Wheeler is back with us. Hey, guys. And today, we've got a lot of mixed bag stuff to clean up. I mean, usually I come out and I'll be like, we got a great show for you. But we got a show of mixed things to kind of clean up here, so we're going to go in a... <laughs> what a way to sell it. Way to sell that it. sizzle. <laughs> But I mean, it, there are some highlights to this. It's not all like it's not all flat. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be here recording. Like, I mean, what is it? Just a conversation with like you? No. Wow. <laughs> so, I, don't I do that all day in the office. Jeez. No, Janelle, you're out of this. You're, you're always welcome. But this guy, I talk to all day. But uh, no, we have some good stuff to talk about, and we're gonna jump right into it in our new segment because yeah, something great did happen today, which is the release of the new. Bad Boys for Life trailer, yes. which came along to brighten all our days on a somber Tuesday. Can we all sing it? Tuesday. Yes. Can bad, we boys. Sing. bad Boys. Go when nowhere. Wow, this, whoa, we whoa, just whoa, recreated yeah, wow. the scene from the film. All yeah. of us on different points. <laughs> <laughs> which song we're singing? Yeah. Worth it. Some people did the P. Diddy. I did the classic cops. Totally Janelle's on the P. Diddy. Like... Although that was good, we brought that song back for you recently. Like you were really mad when we brought back that uh, "Bad Boys for Life" song. Mm-mm. Why was I mad? Because it was in your head again. You were just not happy to have it back in your head. I just didn't like the new remix. Oh <laughs> wow! Oh. oh, that's right. You were yeah. the hater on the no. Trailer. I just no, not well, the trailer. Well. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Go back and watch that again if you would like the correct okay, interpretation the of that. The song and the song still is meh. Matt, it was a perfect trailer from top to bottom. The trailer of was that perfect. Song. Everything about it was perfect. Ugh. The music was perfect. The song. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Perfect. We might get another. Might oh, get I know. Another negative review there. Star <laughs> review. I'm working on over here. Whoa, whoa. But uh, anyway, let's get back to it. So we got this new trailer, this Red Band trailer uh, for Bad Boys for Life, which lays out a little bit more of the story. Um, we learned that basically this is kind of like a weird, it's almost like a time jump thing. Like, I don't know that there's an actual time jump, but in terms of like premise and story, um, Marcus kind of retires from living this bad boy's life. He wants to become a good man instead of yes, a bad I boy. I love that line. That's good, that's uh, we should be good men, not yeah. bad boys. So good. good. Yeah, so many of us have trouble getting over that whole hump. So was the scene. I with like that, that they they were fearless with the like dropping the f bomb. Oh the yeah, trailer too. No, this was all nice. full red band yeah. trailer. So this one was great because you get to really see how these scenes are going to play. Yeah. But uh, Will Smith joins this new crew of young hotshots called Ammo, which I love as a name <laughs> with like Vanessa Hudgens and, and uh, Vanessa Hudgens and a bunch of other people who are coming into the franchise. But uh, he needs Marcus when he's targeted by somebody. He needs Marcus to help him kind of come in and solve this case because he's not clicking with his new partners. I feel like something more serious is going to happen with that team. Like I agree. I like wonder, like my hypothesis, I wonder if one of the team members is one of the ones behind the target. Bum, bum, bum. Oh. That'd be crazy. That'd be good if him and Marcus like, beat down some young kid at the end. Be, yeah. I know on the last episode when we talked about this, we kind of talked <clears throat> about like 
the theory of them, some of them dying or like the, the whole team like dying early on. Like, yeah. Seeing them here, though, I really hope that they stick around yeah. for a while because they actually seem, I like the energy. Yeah, yeah. So between them snapping and, the back and forth. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It, it's good. It, it needs that. So no, they're like good. they're like a good. I they're like the two cops from the earlier the uh, Latin cops that they work with. Yeah, uh, especially in the first work, film yeah. and and even in the second film, who they always snap with, yeah. but like kind of work with. So I hope it's another one of those because that stuff is really fun in the franchise. But I mean, this feels like. We haven't missed a step with Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. They're right back. There's some funny scenes of Martin Lawrence. There's a lot of question about like what his life status is. It looks like he could be like divorced or something yeah. like that. I'm actually living... glad to see it though. I'm glad they're acknowledging it. They're not hiding behind like, oh, we're we're like bad. We're still like awesome. I love that he knows his place. He's like, dude, I am over this. The like, recliner, yeah. the recliner part where he locks it in. I like and, that he's oh, talking so about retirement and like this is not his bag of shit. It's it's more believable that way. Yeah. I really like. That yeah, and lot. it's really good. I mean, it's a really good kind of. There's a level, I mean, of meta humor that we haven't talked about with it, which is that like. In real life, Will Smith is still dyeing his hair all black to get rid of the silver tips and yeah. jumping on screen and doing Gemini mans and stuff. And Martin's like largely stepped back from yeah. any of this and doesn't do any <laughs> of this I didn't even anymore. think about that. And like, yeah. So there is this kind of funny level of meta humor to like what they're talking about. Because he's basically, it's just them like, I mean, it is in the script, but it's also them in real life like yeah. ragging on each other about like their career statuses. Mm -hmm. Like where is Will Smith? I mean, where's Martin Lawrence? Who is kind of like largely retired from Hollywood. You don't really see him, you don't really hear him. So like, yeah. yeah. And Will Smith's still out here trying to trying to do the save the world or Mr. Action <laughs> Star thing. So I think it's going to be good on that level and to just see them kind of riffing with that and enjoying it on double levels. And so yeah. I'm really excited. Bad I, Boy is still one of my favorites. My favorite part of the trailer is the very end. Is when the dead body falls. Oh, yeah. The, oh, my gosh. My wife's car. Yeah. She knows. She, she, knows. Knows. she always yeah. knows. She knows. She always, she always knows. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a little do. too real. That's a little That's too a real for line. married life. Oh, like, yeah. Because so that would be your real reaction. To be like, oh, my God, she knows already. Yeah. I think it's pretty notable that like they didn't even have to reveal anything about the villain whatsoever. There's like we have no idea yeah. who the villain is or anything about that, and the trailer was still There's amazing. There's a fight with and somebody I on a motorcycle. A fight with somebody yeah. on a motorcycle. Oh, the helmet. helmet. <laughs> yeah, the plaid. And there you go. And they look <laughs> evil. It's like it's just, like a standalone. I just thought that this movie is on the the good the good side of the every other Will Smith movie is good. Oh, so that's uh, a good. It's point. nice that this one will land in in that spot. That's what. This gives me way more hope. He doesn't yeah. have another one scheduled. I don't think there's one for this. Yeah, he does. The Tom Holland animated one. Yeah, yeah I think uh, we're just well, yeah. Spy, Your theory is unraveling spy rather spy quickly. Yeah, spy like me or where he's uh, the bird. Yeah, or becomes the bird. Yeah, whatever. It is. All right. Well, I mean, that means that one's going to be better than this one. Yeah, I don't know if this is a whole true statistic. I haven't remember. <laughs> I can't remember like any Will Smith movie recently that I've like been in love with. So. This is going to be like the one that came along in the right. last you didn't five like Aladdin, years. But I liked Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Aladdin. Oh, Aladdin. Oh, Aladdin right. was great. Yeah, I didn't okay. see it. I know. I didn't see it. Hey, that's good. not a crime. I didn't see it. I'm not going to see it. It's okay. But it was good. Like, he was good at it. Yeah, he was yeah. good at it. Was good. And it yeah. made a lot of money. And then yeah. what was yeah. the one? But now, now I need a chart. You're right. Now we need like a Will Yeah, Smith now we're going to check chart. Jim's math on this. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, rock with Jim's math off the, off, just like off jump, but like we'll check it later. But uh, moving right, right along, Gemini Man came after Aladdin, and yeah. we all know how that one went. No, you're you're right up until this year, right now. I just want to look at the larger <laughs> macro yeah, picture. Honestly, of this. before Aladdin, yeah. I cannot remember, remember when even the last, the last one. Will Smith yeah, movie exactly. was. No. When was Suicide, Suicide Squad? Wait, like Suicide Squad? It was Suicide Squad, right? It, it may have been Suicide. Squad. I mean, if you want to count that no. one, oh, he's got to have done something. Since you're Suicide right. Squad. Yeah. Right? 
No, I mean, we'll check it later. We're not checking yeah. it now. Oh, my God. Somebody Tweet us. Yeah. Somebody hashtag yeah. comic If you're watching this stream right now, Very throw good. it in the stream. All right. Yeah. Moving right along for us, though. We're going to jump over to HBO and talk about, uh, I mean, fall season's underway. we got a bunch of new shows, a lot of things happening. But uh, I feel like HBO's not getting enough. I mean, HBO kind of has it popping right now as I... Put in the show notes I actually wrote. Yeah, you, yes. you're right. Uh, show notes are very colorful. People, we don't, we'll, we'll like one day throw these up and reveal to them. Like, uh, oh, we totally should. Yeah, yeah what we write into the actual show notes. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty colorful. <laughs> HBO has Watchmen now. On Sunday nights, they have Watchmen, um, and they've just premiered his Dark Materials. So I thought we'd just check in and kind of talk about that a little bit. Funny enough, I actually got into this business like back in 2007, and one of my first reviews ever as like a professional critic was The Golden Compass. Oh, no. Yeah, there was not a good start. And yeah. I think they threw me that assignment because nobody else wanted to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I just came away being like, what is this movie? And why are these books so popular? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Same. So I've been kind of curious to see, you know, the full on His Dark Materials. Because if you do research, like, this book is crazy popular, especially in the UK. It won the Literary Prize in Sweden that's second only to the Nobel Peace Prize. It's been voted, like, one of the most important books of the 2000s, one of the most wow. important book series of all time, like, behind, I think it was voted in Britain at one point, like, behind Lord of the Rings and Pride and Prejudice wow. is Dark Materials. Yeah, and it has so, polar bears. Yeah, in yeah, armor. Polar bears animals. armor. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. You had yeah. me at that. Screw the award. <laughs> you had me at polar bear but, and armor. Like, yeah, I mean, this is just, it's a sweeping mythology. It's its kind of deep in, the, in mythos about kind of challenging things like conformity, religion, government, all this stuff. It's a lot. So I was kind of curious about how it was going to work uh, in this new TV series, which is a joint venture between HBO and BBC One. And uh, the ratings on BBC One, like, it's been huge for them, uh, the biggest in, like, five years. But it's kind of interesting to see how it will play out here. I think a lot of the reaction here has been more kind of subdued. People might have thinking it was a, lot, a little bit slow to start. And there is. I mean, there is literally the first premiere episode is all world building and kind of explaining where we are, what the situation is, and kind of walking through this whole deep I mean, right off the bat, political intrigue that's happening in this world. Thank God they did dive really deep into that, though, because I would be lost. Yeah, I, I loved mean, how well they explained that whole world, the the backstory, even just the intro with the beginning credits where they're explaining what's going yeah. on. This this girl got it. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. I actually even know where they are right now because the way that they faded away the uh, the writing to reveal where they are. Um, it was just beautiful. It was, it's such a such a cool show. I yeah, watched no, it today. Yeah, no, the production values are really crazy strong. I mean, mm -hmm. bringing that world to life. I mean, you're talking about a world, and trust, imagine trying to get this in a movie, like, they, where they, they throw tried. it at you. Like, <laughs> right, don't forget, they tried. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Think back to this movie. Try. The things <laughs> that this whatever. episode lets you kind of simmer with, they just throw at you in, like, the first 10 minutes of a movie. I mean, this whole thing, if you're not prepared that each human being has an animal partner called a demon, which is so confusing when it you is, try to watch it. really the movie. is confusing. You're like, so wait, is this good or is this bad? They explained it really well right at the very start yeah, of it. it and more awesome. importantly, they let you see the animals mm -hmm. and how they interact with their human counterparts and throughout the episode and all that. And like, yeah, in the movie, you're just like thrown into this concept and then like it's going. And every time somebody says demon, your reaction's like, wait, that's something bad. But yeah. Like, oh, wait, no, that's something good. This kind of lets it simmer in. Um, yeah, and it works a lot better. And I was amazed how much effort they put in because every human character has to have basically like a CGI animal partner. And yeah. they really spent the money, did that, made it look great. And yeah, there is a lot of political intrigue and stuff. But this episode manages to kind of lay it out, give you enough mystery and intrigue 
about children being abducted, this stuff called dust in the city, in the sky, and possible alternate universes, but it keeps you going. And uh, what's her name? Daphne Keene. Uh, I just call her X-23 all the time. <laughs> uh, she does a pretty good job. The rest of the cast is really good. I thought um, James McAvoy, uh, Ruth Wilson, like dude from uh, The Wire, who black dude from The Wire whose name I always forget. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit slow. I mean, this is a very kind of UK style show. Yeah, it felt like kind of like grown up Harry Potter meets Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Like it, it just felt really cool. I'm reading the Harry Potter series for the first time ever. I'm sorry, forgive me. Um, and I like I was actually reading the book and then I put the book down and then I started the show and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm like at Hogwarts or something when they first start off. Um, you know, there's a flood and um, there's this little baby and you don't know who that's going to turn into. And they just explain it really well. And it's it's just exciting. And it's kind of grown up, too. Like grown ups can enjoy it. Yeah. And if you have your kid watching for yeah, some reason, that's cool, too. Shying away from like real things yeah. in the world. I mean, yeah. so you OK, so you reviewed the original movie. Yes. But didn't. Had like, no idea what the books the, were. And yeah. then you are reading the books as you're watching the show, right? Yeah. Okay. This is... <laughs> so, okay, but I was going to ask, because I guess you guys both kind of come from it, though, as, like, not steeped right. in this. No. No, in this no, 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 no. Not at all. Yeah. Um, and it's... But someone could just leap yes, you into could just jump this right without into it. reading? Yep. Yeah. 100%. The show does a good enough job of laying it out for you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, like, I had no idea about the animal companions or demons. I had no idea, uh, like, about the alternate. Like, it's a different dimension. Like, I didn't know anything, and I got it all because okay, like I was at the panel sense. at San Diego or New York for the show, and they didn't do a very good job of like Dude, explaining getting it? across. Oh. His like, dark materials is one of the hardest things to explain. To well, yeah, that's, really that was is. like it really is. And they showed footage there, and it was still like so. They they did that thing of where you're you're dancing around all the stuff, and you're trying to explore just or explain just the core premise of. Here's what it is, and it, it was so hard. You, I came away from that just feeling like this. That was so boring. That hour was so I'm boring. Actually curious, and I still don't know anything. I'm curious what you what you're gonna think about. So you haven't watched it. yet. I haven't watched it yet. I'm I I really was on the curious. fence with watching it to be honest. There's a lot of things you'll like. I like loved a lot of it. fantasy elements. Mm -hmm. um, but this is just a slow start because it gets a lot crazier. I mean, there's journeys into far off lands, adventure, polar bears fighting, witches, big war that, that goes down. In, like, the, yeah. in this first episode, it was yeah, really just, just letting you know what. And what I hear this that's is. like man, Lemonwell is that character with the polar bear, yeah, uh, demon, and I understand he doesn't show up till later, yeah, like later, later in yeah. in the season. But I, I am intrigued. I will yeah. give it a shot from that from the two glowing yeah. endorsements. So this one is a slow burn start, but. If you know where this heads, it is a it's a pretty epic adventure. So it's, you really do need the foundation underneath you. So you this is like you know your study. Yeah, this is like the study session. This is like the first level of a video game yes. where you just have to run through tutorials and kind of get everything, and then you go out in the world. Yeah. And that's what, I mean. This literally it's not a spoiler spoiler to say the end of the premiere is them literally going out into the world on this big adventure start. Mm -hmm. So. Check out right. his dark materials. Let us know what you think. We're going to move on to talking about Watchmen. Um, this is not going to become... I've got some breaking news, though. You ready? Oh, ready? oh, yeah. I love breaking news while we're on uh, the show. Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred Pennyworth in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Well, things have taken kind of a turn in the DC <laughs> universe. We were going to stop at Watchmen, but we'll get there. Uh, let's talk about this. 
as we're sitting here, producer Jim Viscardi's just thrown a thrown a big twist in the room, which room is room. that <laughs> we found out that. The Batman's. Uh, wait, I don't know why I'm repeating this. You just said yeah, it. Yeah, like, just said it. <laughs> just, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's literally that is. I forget all... that you have a mic sometimes. There's I a cone took, of silence. I thought we took that away from him. No, uh, <laughs> that that that's all that is known right now. Is wow, this is flashbacks. The last podcast I did, we had when Jesse Eisenberg was cast as Lex right, Luthor in the middle Luther. of a podcast. So this one's crazy. So Andy Serkis is going to be Alfred. Okay, I mean that's really kind of interesting. I can see it. There's, I mean, there are shades of. I, it's weird. The first thing that popped into my mind was his portrayal of Claw in in the MCU. Just in that he, it'll be interesting to see if they go a bit more sort of that rough and tumble Gotham esque, you know, Alfred, or if they go with a Michael Caine type. And I think Andy Serkis is someone who actually kind of fits perfectly in the middle. Yeah, I mean. I could see him. I mean, if you don't have Michael Sheen, I feel like that's a good one to pick up instead. Mm-hmm. Is also oh, this is a younger yeah. Batman? Yeah. So th- I mean, oh, this is going to be more sense. That's yeah, I think this is going to be like combat I was assistant. Just yeah, I was going to complain about that, but that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I can see him be the older presence to Pattinson. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and the experienced yeah. one who helps him. Yeah, like tactically. And I, and I loved Gotham's uh, interpretation of Alfred. I yeah. really liked mm-hmm. that. Interpretation of like an Alfred that still does stuff and isn't just this like statuesque yeah. British person that just says, No, I mean, Pennyworth like shows... I like doing things, yeah. I mean, Pennyworth is giving Alfred a lot more clout right now. The Pennyworth yeah. TV series, which was popular enough to get renewed for season two, so Alfred's kind of breaking out of his shell right now, yeah. so. I mean, Andy Serkis, that's good. It's just kind of crazy because while we're talking about this, Andy Serkis is also going to be directing Venom 2 for yeah. Sony. So he's yeah. not not busy now. Like, yeah, and he's yeah. got a lot of stuff going on. Right yeah. yeah. So I wonder, I hope right. all of this holds together. Like, I don't want to hear. I just been. Well, Venom 2 it theori- theoretically won't. Well, no, I guess. It will. It's got to be. It's got to start shooting like now. And it'd be one thing if he was just appearing, but like he's. Directing yeah, like that's a big that's really like a is. big undertaking you know that's time consuming uh, I can't see it right away I know me no I have a hard. really hard time seeing Circus as as an Alfred that I have seen in other media but I'm right. excited about what he yeah, can well, do that's why I that feel role. that's where I feel like he kind of fits yeah kind of in the middle I feel like there's a role of his that I'm just it's like on the tip of my tongue but like he played something like that I don't know what is but he is also like cool. kind of. The reason I have trouble with it is he's also a character whose like face is very animated. See, I think he's like, like villainous looking. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. looks like he's kooky it's or kind of like crazy. He doesn't to... look like all composed and yeah. And that's kind of... that's the thing I just I don't you know get that like that buttoned up yeah. look necessarily from him. Not to say he can't do it. I mean he's the man is brilliant. Yeah. But I just, yeah, yeah, it's one of the oh maybe the closest thing I'm thinking of is the Prestige, where he's like Doctor Tesla's assistant. To uh, oh. David Bowie, yep, yeah, like that's the most buttoned up I've ever seen him yeah. be, like on something. But it, I am intrigued. Yeah. yeah, I do want to see it because, yeah, I think he can. Maybe he just hasn't been really presented with that kind of part a lot, you know, so he can actually flex his muscles. Yeah, and we also don't know. Still, I mean, it's also really important to note we don't know the nature of this this Alfred right. performance mm-hmm. yet. We know it's going to be different. We just don't know how and how dynamic it be. If Alfred has to beat down some guys, like, yeah, I can see Andy Serkis. <laughs> <laughs> this also just makes me hate that, to me, DC EU 
Jeremy Irons Alfred was wasted. I was just oh, like, I, I love, love yes. Jeremy. I love Irons. his he Alfred. He was so, so good. good. And, and it was just like. That's a perfect segue because he's still here. He's not gone. <laughs> he's back on Watchmen, showing yes. it all, bearing it all. If you love yes. him, you can love all of him. Not <laughs> so. That's very true. That brings us back. I mean, I'm excited for this Batman news. I'm going to be taking it in and just kind of thinking this over. But um, let us know what you guys think at the hashtag comic book nation. Moving right along. Back to HBO. Watchmen uh, is heating up this week. I thought this week, episode three, was like the best one so far. Absolutely. It introduced Jean Smart, who I love Jean Smart. Uh, I've loved her since yes. like 24 is where I really kind of, when she played the uh, first lady and was really great at that. But she was also like really a knockout in Legion in the X-Men show Legion. Um, but here, that. I mean, she just... Like, man, I love the ladies of this show. Like, Regina King just came in yes. on the first episode and just, like, owned it. And Gene Smart comes in on episode three. And they're so good together. Yeah, the they're so good together. Oh, my gosh. I can't and Gene Smart just comes rights. and owns this entire episode. It's like a showcase of, like, here's why I'm awesome as a character actor. And um, it's not a spoiler. We're going to talk spoilers about this. So just if you – we're going to keep it a little light. I mean, we're not uh, – we're just going to talk spoilers. So <laughs> kind of like dance around this. But we're going to talk spoilers. So she comes in. It's not a spoiler to say that she is Lori Blake, who is the Silk Spectre 2 from the original Watchmen comic. She's the daughter of the original Silk Spectre and the illegitimate child of the comedian Edward Blake, which is one of the big mysteries in Watchmen, is finding out this relationship between her mother and the comedian – which the controversial scene is that he was like somebody who sexually assaulted her mother, mm. but then she finds out they had this more complicated kind of weird BDSM relationship and that her mother still kind of had a thing for Blake and that she was his child and it was this whole messy situation. And she was, of course, Dr. Manhattan's lover until he left Earth and, and she got with Night Owl. Um, so this catches us up, and this is the most direct connection to the original Watchmen yet. Because this is a character from the original series that we catch up with mm -hmm. now in a very different phase of life. And, like, yeah. She just comes in and has this awesome introduction scene where she's at a bank. Uh, it looks like she's a bank robber. Oh they do this bait and switch. So and it gets thwarted by, like, what is now being called bootleg Batman <laughs> who comes in to stop him. And it, and it turns out it's an FBI trap. She's on a task force to hunt masked heroes. So this is a trap to catch Batman and... You know, Batman tries to run away, and she just lays him down with a with some bullets in the all back. Set up, and they're like, "How'd you know his body armor would stop it?" And she's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> "Yeah." And then she just yeah. keeps walking. Yeah, she just keeps walking. Just, I'm just like, oh. um, she's yeah, very so, gun happy. Yeah, just reaches for that gun. Real oh quick yeah, there's so that's a it's a callback to what happens later in the episode. Yep. But like, yeah, Lori Blake is like very bitter and kind of trying to deal. Uh, you find out that you know Night Owl has been locked up for being a vigilante, so he's gone. Um, Dr. Manhattan. And the, and the episodes, these episodes are really excellent. Like, people really should give Watchmen a chance. Mm -hmm. I hope HBO does something smart and, like, offers a free previewer again or something like that. Yeah. They did over uh, Halloween, but, like, again, and just let people binge, like, the first three or four episodes because I think by episode the end of episode three, more people would really be into this. Yeah, and I, we've talked about this before as, like, I don't have any background knowledge of Watchmen at all. I didn't even see the movie. Um, that makes you advalued. I will know. say I walked in today and the first question I asked, I was like, hey, where can I watch the movie? Because I this was the first time I this episode triggered me going, I need to understand her relationship with Dr. Manhattan. Like, I want to know who he was, what. Yeah, because yeah, if you get that out of context is, in this episode, it might be a little confusing. It is. It's a little <laughs> confusing. It's not bad. Like, they, they do make it clear that, like, I'm not going to get too graphic, but during one scene when she's in the bedroom, she pulls out something that 
reminds her of her ex-lover. Um, and like you, you know where she stood with him. It's just I want to know more. You want like more I really no, want it's more really an, it is a good story you, you yeah. should get for background. Um, yeah, about how what happens to Doctor Manhattan, and it's such an adult. Like this is grown up comic book. Yeah. Hype. Oh, very much. Like, and I love that what, because I'm used to Marvel bright colors and fun. Well, it's, I mean, it's like we're a, bright colors. Let's not know, <laughs> but it's just a different <laughs> stop. Stop it! I'm wearing blue right now. Stop. Oh, just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I just it's really cool. I love I love that it feels adult, and I can you know watch this like yeah, lots of violence, sexual content, um, adult storyline, blood. You know the whole thing. It's great. I'm trying to let Janelle get through a monologue. I'm just trying to keep so hard not to keep it moving. I've been trying to smile. You have to understand what the scene is, and you'll you, you'll be oh way more comfortable too. You're just like blissfully unaware right now. I'm okay with this right now. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Oh but uh, yeah, this was the greatest. I mean, in the way it's structured, I really love it. Like I said, each episode is like a movie, and so this one is framed, and they do so many deep cut things that if you really liked Watchmen and spent a lot of time with it. It's so interesting. I mean, even there's so many cool Easter eggs in this. Yeah, this like thing. the not even this not safe for work me, scene with Doctor Manhattan and it. her memorabilia of Doctor Manhattan <laughs> is like even a deep cut with a picture inside the suitcase of her hugging Doctor Manhattan is a callback to her mother who used to keep a comedian's picture next to her bed, mm -hmm. and she gave her mother so much crap about that about how could you love this man who did this to you and all this, and her mother tried to explain like this is what happens you'll get older you'll begin to look back on your life and people in it and you'll begin to be like this and she was all gung-ho like no but this yeah. kind of cements that circle wow that's cool um and the episode which i love is framed there are these phone booths where you can go and talk to dr manhattan wherever he is yeah, by sending radio really signals into space interesting so it's like a way it's like almost like a church people can yeah. talk to god wow by calling up dr and it's manhattan. like this message will be sent in 40 seconds yeah. like there's and a so, time cut off they're oh, like they you gotta, have 30 seconds get, left it, it takes time to, to yeah, yeah, yeah beam across space <laughs> so the whole episode is framed by her going to this phone booth and trying to tell this joke to dr manhattan like kind of a callback to and, like cool. making her yeah. like her father like and it is and it's a messed up joke like the comedian would tell like it's something wow and the episode frames that joke so well to the very last scene um which kind of brings in the punchline which is also the title of the episode, and it's just really tight. And can, I, really can I throw good. a theory out there? What's that? Yeah. So I've been talking to our new writer, Spencer Perry, uh, started today, and, or yesterday. And I'll say that guy like he's new. I know Spencer for way too long. But uh, he, he threw a thing out there that uh, Jeremy Irons' character, who we now know as Adrian Veidt, uh, is actually not on Earth, but on Mars, imprisoned by Dr. Manhattan. Oh! <gasps> Because there's a uh, there's a scene where he's like he's like kicking the crap out of um, the you know, one of the clones he tried to send yeah. to space, and he's like f this f and that, and he says f and Mars, um, where which you could just think oh maybe yeah, he's just trying to travel because there. he's trying to travel there or whatnot, but given like the the weird introduction of um, the the game warden uh, as just sort of this you know. Uh, character that you know is 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 a mystery up until this point. Like yeah. I thought to myself, well, maybe that could be Manhattan. Like yeah. I didn't know what that was about. Yeah, there's a lot of theories that he's either okay. prison there, he could be Doctor Manhattan, like mm -hmm. trying to reconnect with humanity. Like there's a lot of stuff. But that's the thing. That's why we got to stay that's invested. That's why the show's so good. Yeah, stay invested. So give Watchmen a chance. It's getting good, really good. Don't mess this. Don't mess this up for us. Get this canceled, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Now that I've done my self-serving <laughs> plug. 
Does HBO, I mean, I mean, how are the, I don't know, how does HBO it's really not rank being, its... I mean, it's not really being talked as much as I think we would hope. Yeah, it's not talk. buzzing enough. You're not watching it, so... You were failing. Yeah, like, like, when, like when Westworld came out. Like, like when Westworld came out, everyone was kind of talking about because there was kind of a central mystery there, and everyone was just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when episodes of Game of Thrones dropped, like everyone was talking about it. You're not necessarily getting that. Like there are people who are excited about, it, like myself mm-hmm. and Kofi. Like we we love. It's it's kind of this. got a cult following right now, but, but it needs not, to be a It hasn't following. really broken through yeah. past that. Yeah. So a question then. What do you what do you think by the end of the season? What do they need to do? What does the reveal need to be to generate that going into a second season? I don't think there needs to be anything big. I think the first two episodes are very grounded in just kind of real world, like heavy stuff, like race politics and all that mm-hmm. stuff. This third episode is a little bit more comic booky, yeah, and unique and kind of quirky. And I think if Watchmen keeps doing that and kind of like differentiating itself and being a little bit more fun, quirky and stuff. And this one generated some real discussion points. Like we're joking about this scene about, you know, this kind of really adult scene. But like (laughs) it did generate talking points. It generated Mm -hmm. interviews that generated talking points. And so we need more of that kind of stuff. So check out Watchmen. Now, now we'll move on to a thing you can or cannot check out if you want to. Um, I am firmly well, not behind all this. You're the king of selling stuff today. I still think this is weird. This movie is weird to me. Uh, Lady and the Tramp, Disney Plus, live action. You just talked about Watchmen. How can you say this is weird? Well... <laughs> And he hasn't I even feel like that scene everybody, that everybody knows how Kofi feels about the live action remakes. Yeah. Well, just... Well, it's not about the Disney. I just think this one is like, I, I just think there was no weird. This one, what's that? There was no reason to do this. There's no that, and I think it's just weird. So I can't, I can't suspend my disbelief to like not. I mean, I make the joke, and you guys think I'm making a dirty joke, but like, I'm serious. Like, it's weird to me. Like when I see anything about real live dogs falling in love, I think of one of two things. Owners who are way creepy and make their dogs do creepy <laughs> things, like get up and have a whole wedding together or something like that. <laughs> so or funny. what I've just seen out in the streets when dogs have been left to roam around by themselves. Oh and that God. is not romantic at all. So I can't like just forget any of that association. Well, neither is, head. I mean, to be fair. Like- Animated dogs, I love. I, well, I don't get thing. how is that see that I don't get if you just swore off at all I would get it but why does the cartoon version of it make it any less weird than the live one I don't get the, the same reason there's a sense of innocence the same reason two characters kissing no, in animation is the, the same, same as two thing characters like no romantic comedy is the same as real life romance between people real life marriage and real life relationships are screwed up there's no <laughs> if they were to do a romantic comedy of me and anisa no one would go see that uh, <laughs> like just, no one would that's there, real life i don't get it i, I don't, don't get, get the, the live action um animal movies as much either i'm not against it i'm kind fair, of neutral i love the lion king I, but lady yeah, and the tramp i didn't I, get that either yeah honestly, I, I, I get a lot there of there are so I get many dumbo. disney flicks. i get the lion king i think why do you I think, get dumbo no i don't even get dumbo <laughs> because i, so I get it as princess. a concept this one Thanks. just seems like and i and, and i question whether or not they've had this internal talks inside because they threw it on disney plus mm-hmm. they didn't put it out in a theater mm-hmm. like oh it would not have done well okay exactly. but here's the thing yeah. i don't think that has anything to do with like your point of the the issue of being weird. I don't think it has anything to yeah. do with that. I think it has to do with some of the lesser properties of Disney have gone to the movie theater and not done so well. Pete's Dragon, Winnie the Pooh, like some of those are, are beloved oh, classics. Did do so well? No, I, I like it didn't. It, 
I mean, relatively, if you're talking about scale yeah. compared to sure. Sure. a movie like, you know, Dumb- I mean, even Dumbo. Dumbo was slated to be a big time thing and that bombed. Like, yeah. that was a, that's a big name property and that didn't do well. But like, Compared to Aladdin, compared to Lion King, some of these Beauty, Beauty and, the and the Beast, some of these Cinderella. bigger things, some of these lesser known ones just aren't going to bring in that kind of money. There's there's a different audience for it. So I think it has more to do with that and a couple of times going to the box office and coming up broke than it does anything about a commentary on animals, live action animals having a romantic right. adventure. That's fair. I mean, so that said, fine. Why don't you tell us your <laughs> review? Of well, Red Rocket, a dog love story. <laughs> well, okay. Oh my god! Here's the thing: I god. won't, I won't go into a huge thing. You can go though. Very much, I would recommend you go in to read my review, uh, which is a full kind of thing. It is hilarious. I do have a a funny story, and uh, because uh, Anissa, so one of the things I point out in the review is that uh, if you are with uh, people that are a little more sensitive to like uh, treatment of animals and things like that, uh, you might want to just prepare them a little because there are a couple scenes because you are dealing with tramp who is a stray so you're going to be dealing with the pound you're going to be dealing with some sad stories of abandonment things like that so if you are in the same room watching it like maybe i was with someone who takes that stuff just like very is very compassionate for that stuff uh it was a little hard for them to watch uh, and it was a little like very sad over here on this corner. Uh, so just be cognizant of that. Nothing against the movie. It's just that is something. At least you're giving warning. Yeah, you know, just, parents just everywhere to be that way. Uh, I thought it was charming. It's so fun. All of these are rescue dogs. So there's uh, just the one. It's just Aww. sweet seeing them. Uh, you know, being able to be kind of put in the spotlight, and dogs who have already had a rough life get to be put in the spotlight and treated with That's respect. Really cool. And it's nice. They're all the voices like. Tessa Thompson does Lady, um, Justin Thoreau does Tramp. Uh, they have just great, I mean, the banter between them is really fun. I can suspend disbelief, so if every, you know, mouth motion doesn't match. I was actually going to ask you about that. How was, there are, there how are, was that? There are some mouth. moments with, uh, with Lady's uh, vocal performance in particular that like every now and then it doesn't it doesn't quite it looks like it'll catch your eye because it looks a little like that doesn't Weird. look quite okay. right um but overall it's like i can kind of turn that off maybe it's because i'm playing video games all the time yeah the right voice acting and the mocap is yeah never it's quite like right. never right yeah. like in anything it's always a little off <laughs> it is so like in this one That's it's so kind of funny. the same way but it's just really sweet the spaghetti scene so charming, so sweet. Uh, like it's, it is. And the overall, like by the end of the movie, look, it's not going to rewrite let's talk anything. Real. Let's it's talk really real. Sweet. This all sounds great. What do they do yeah. for the Siamese cats? Oh, uh, they were actually my biggest uh, disappointment uh, of the movie because one, they're barely in it, uh, and well, two, I just didn't love. So I just well, yeah, but they're barely in it. But I just didn't. did. They cut one of the greatest Disney songs of all time. <laughs> yes. Because it's unfortunately racist now. <laughs> they tweaked it. Okay. They okay. changed it up and they tweaked it so they wouldn't have that. And plus, like, yeah, they they that scene is just kind of a footnote. It's so it's a means to an end. It's to get Lady out of the house. It's not this centerpiece song. And really, there's only two songs. Man, there's only they only keep two main songs. Oh, like wow. he's a tramp, yeah. uh, and then like the main the main song. But that's that's really it. So, it, but it was really fun. Look. Look, if you're man, on Disney Plus. I still go it. into people's houses now. I'm just singing it under my breath. Now I'm looking <laughs> over my new domicile. If I like, 
Uh, Stay for maybe quite a while. Do you have more breaking news? In the tramp, uh, story, but I got more breaking news. Oh, oh here we go. I saw them react Col- behind us. Colin Farrell is in talks to play the penguin. <clears throat> oh, Colin my gosh. who? Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. What a jump from the, the best Josh part, the best part today. Uh, right Daredevil's bullseye. Just the, uh, if we can get two oh, in shots on Google. Uh, he's done reacting. a lot since then. I'm <laughs> No, Daredevil's bullseye. I mean, he's done so much football villain history. No. Daredevil's bullseye. Don't put was, that mark on I him. Mean, He's done so I, much more since I then. loved him in the first Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Yeah. No, yes. well, he was saying yeah. Colin Farrell oh, was I know. No, Daredevil. I'm Daredevil. just kidding. I Colin, I've I actually, I've been, As I've stuck penguin, up for Colin though? Farrell. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. As I mean, Penguin? His, actually, That's strangely okay. enough, it's like his character in Horrible Bosses makes me think <clears> yeah. that he could be a great penguin. So are they going. Okay, so with so this he will round out. More villain, importantly, while I'm stuck trio. here, people covering all this stuff yeah, for comedy. So are we like, we know so now the we entire cast Riddler, now? Catwoman, and Penguin are the three villains. That we know of. That we know, that we know of in this movie. And if they are adapting Halloween. Long Halloween. Then Lord. there's going to be There's going to be so casting. much more. See, but like, as they, as they start going down this road, I don't know if Long Halloween is going to be what they adapt. Like it's it just it feels like I feel like they may if anything they may take aspects of it they probably will oh I yeah don't aspects think, I mean but I don't think they're gonna go like you're not gonna get Calendar Man in this no I mean maybe but until you hear things about Falcone or Maroney right. or any of that casting yeah then it could just be a I mean Long Halloween could be adapted in the sense of there's somebody just killing people and Batman has to go look at different criminals he knows. Mm-hmm. To see, like, if they are the ones and who's getting killed and how. I mean, you can play with. Right. I get a very Gotham vibe with these two castings. Like, it was already kind of that way with Circus. Well, I mean, it's already. I mean, it's already those. It's those characters. I mean, but, but like had with a big role in Feral Gotham. as yeah. as Penguin. That's a very cobblepot. Like, you know, little like uh, not high society, but like that gangster yeah. slash club owner vibe. Yeah. That very much yes. gives me that, which is cool. Yeah, no, I was thinking Fantastic Beast, and the other one was Widows. Mm. Widows, he played like oh, a yeah. corrupt kind of city official. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely see him thing. as a villain. I just not that one. <laughs> so I'm kind of. Shocked. I mean, it is. It's it's weird. It's weird. It's man. a weird jump from it's Jonah. Weird. Yeah, from who they were and Josh Gad to. We're like they got somebody <laughs> skinny. I don't understand this. It's, like no, yeah. but just but Jonah Hill's like comedic, vibe. and I don't know. Yeah. Colin no, I think not. this guy's not going to... I mean, I don't think this penguin's going to be very funny. Yeah. I think he's going to be a uh, scary kind That's of good, guy. though. I, I'm down for that. Yeah, I, I mean, like this scary. is interesting. I, I, I'm i just surprised more at Colin Farrell's I just love that like, we're getting this new Batman movie, right? And we have villains that... Using villains that we've seen yeah, over and over again <laughs> in various places. Remember, remember how we were talking about, like, way back when, when I felt, Matt, that there was no excitement around Robert Pattinson being... Cast as when you Batman. said there was yeah no when I when I said when I said <laughs> like like it, everything that I see like the the casting for this movie I think is is top notch these villains though I'm like all right I don't you're not excited for Catwoman though because I mean uh, yeah we, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see another well, Catwoman, just, we, we gotta Catwoman. start a whole new Batman franchises twice. I would rather not, see Poison like you're not gonna reinvent the entire line of Batman villains for this movie I mean who else no, is right. left like. We can't touch Joker. We can't touch Bane. Riddler's are, only like, been used yeah. once, like yeah. in the '90s. Yeah, like that's that to me. Riddler's been, it's been long enough. Sure, but but we also like we also got Riddler in Gotham TV show. And what's the last time? Okay, but God, yeah, Riddler okay. and Penguin haven't been here since the mid '90s. But that's Gotham like over twenty years. On ev- almost everybody, like you can't 
to me, that's being a and little And that's the thing about, too. like, unless right? they're just going to pull out, like, Clayface and... and oh, yes. Clayface and, would be a great one. <laughs> and what's his name? Uh, Clayface is awesome. Or the Fire of, or Firefly, like... Or Man Bat. No, God. Stop I just, it. I, want, I don't care or, about Bat. But see, yeah, I was going to say Poison Ivy, but I man can't. Man Bat. Did you see, did you see <laughs> Janelle's face when you just said Man Bat? There you no, go. No, but I really, I think Poison Ivy would have been awesome. But so, and and we've seen her too. And we still I, don't know that she's not in this movie. Oh, but I would have yeah. thought, I would have thought someone like Matt Reeves, I mean, to be fair, he's got other movies that he may do in the Batman universe, but like, I want to like, I want to see Matt Reeves tackle someone like a Mr. Freeze. Oh, I would love Like, I think Ooh. that would be. Again, somebody we don't know isn't necessarily in this movie. Stop it. All right, Colin Farrell, Penguin's blowing my mind, but we're, this show's getting way off track with all these <laughs> surprise castings. We are way off track, so I'm going to bring us back. I Stay tuned, because when we okay, get back, sorry. we're going to put all this chaos in a box, and we are going Jeez. to review Terminator Dark Fate and discuss what happened with that franchise this weekend, and Matt is going to break down the new comics this week for us. So stay tuned. All right. All that Batman stuff aside. Oh, wait, wait. I have another one. What about Mad Hatter? I would love to see Reeves do Mad oh, Hatter. Oh, that would actually. Colin Farrell would have been a good Mad Hatter. Yeah, not yeah. a bad one. Oh, my gosh. Like, he'd have been really good. But King Tut. Yeah. Jarvis. Yeah, no, That's Jarvis the one Tech. That breaks it. Dude, I want to see. <laughs> I would love to see Mad Hatter, Firefly, Mr. Scarface. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Freeze. Yeah, Mr. Scarface is great. The Ventriloquist. Kite Man. I would love to see Jonah Hill be the Ventriloquist. That'd be great. <laughs> I just said it to get that. Tight mess. All right, so we close the box. We close Terminator the box. Terminator Dark Fate. opened it, but now we're closing it again. First of all, who here has seen Terminator Dark Fate? Am I the only one? I have not seen it. No, no, Jim. I wanted to see it on Friday. That's not an answer. No, be careful. That's sad. Your well wishes have no place in this podcast. So okay, this is good. This is good. I really wanted to, but did you though? Everyone getting. I know. I I I will still probably see it this weekend. Uh, but regardless of everything I've heard and everything that we're going to talk about, but, uh, well, we're not going to talk that long. I mean, <laughs> I'm the only one who saw it. So, all right, I will go through this real quick. Um, I have some issues with some of the plot points and spoilers. Terminator, dark fate. We're going to talk spoilers. Um, this movie came back and is trying to relaunch the franchise and give it a kind of, it's like a requel is what I call it. It's a reboot and a sequel. It's a direct sequel to T2. That tries to set up a whole new franchise. It brings back Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. And what I will say is I came in the office because I went out late Thursday night and saw this because they didn't screen it around here. Surprise, surprise. Now why? Um, But uh, Terminator Dark Fate is a really, it's a rare case of a really good kind of sequel story, but a director who really wasn't good at bringing it to the screen um, I will say this to anybody who will listen. I think right from the first three minutes I saw the film, I was like, okay, director Tim Miller is not a good director, and Deadpool was oh, no. a fluke. Like, oh, wow. This movie was bad enough in the directing that I retroactively take Deadpool down a couple notches. Whoa. Because obviously you had That's a lot extreme. of help with like Ryan Reynolds and other people like doing this because he's a visual effects guy, and visual effects sequences, all well-designed, interesting but he doesn't know how to hold a camera or shoot or definitely not slower pace things. Most of this looks like somebody's YouTube fan video for Terminator. It's not good. So (laughs) the presentation... No one's going to go see it. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. It's the most interesting Terminator movie since T2. 
in terms of how it sets up new things, how it deals with, you know, there's this major twist. I'm not going to tell you the major twist, even though we're talking spoilers, that changes the entire nature of the mythos in the future. Why so now are we going to talk about That's it? what I was going to bring up. Because I yeah, why are we going to talk Okay, we'll talk about it. Because that's the most interesting part three people in the yeah, world have told. seen Terminator, and I just tried to preserve some of the mystery. But we got to got to tell you everything so you go out to the theater and possibly see this. Yeah. So in the, in the, the movie begins with an alternate... Uh, I called it... Brandon wouldn't let me write this in an article, but I wanted to call it a post-credit scene to T2 because that's essentially what it is. <laughs> um, where... Years after T2, Sarah Connor finally relaxes. She goes on like South American tour with John Connor. They're just relaxing on beaches, trying to be mother and son. And they're in Guatemala somewhere in one random time. And what she explains in voiceover Sarah Connor is that, you know, Skynet, they did the Genesis thing. Skynet sent multiple Terminators back to kill her or kill John. And so when the T-1000 failed, it activated this other one who's a T-800 Arnold, who basically just walks up to them on a bar and beach after Sarah Connor's whole thing is she finally let go and relaxed and said, you know, I don't have to worry and what? be like this anymore. And this T-800 just steps out of left, stage left and blows away John Connor in the, like, the first three minutes of the movie. And he gets gunned down. And so that's the story. Uh, John Connor, they changed the future. It's no longer Skynet, Judgment Day. John's the savior of mankind. But in a cruel twist of fate, like, he also gets taken out like Skynet does. So you flash forward to present day and the Terminators are coming back for this girl in Mexico named Danny Ramos, Ramos, um, and they send back a soldier, Mackenzie Davis's character, Grace, to protect her. And Grace is an augmented human because now we find out there's this whole new future. There is no Skynet. She doesn't know what the hell when she finally meets Sarah Connor. Skynet is. She says they create. We create a, a AI designed specifically for cyber warfare in in you know in coming changing times. And it becomes called Legion. And Legion's the one that determines like we're the biggest threat. <laughs> And so it causes, it doesn't kill us. It causes us to kind of, it manipulates world events so that we call it kill each other and cause nuclear holocaust and kind of world war. And then it creates the machine army just to clean up earth and finish us off. And the Terminators it creates are very advanced and different. They're, they're Rev-9 models like Diego, uh, Luna's character who have exoskeletons and liquid metal forms that yeah, they can cool. merge with. And it's pretty awesome in the future sequences when you see these Terminators. Some of them move like dogs and stuff, and like they can morph and shift into kind Whoa. of beasts and things like that. And they're pretty nightmarish about how they, because they're sequences of like Grace's unit trying to fight them, and that's how she becomes an augmented human because they get wiped out and to save her life, they make her a cyborg and send her back. So a lot of the movie's really good. It's about dealing with Sarah Connor, kind of dealing with this trauma, of John losing John Connor and what she's become since then and her having to kind of try to protect this new girl and they try to make it a mystery and this is a really stupid part of the movie that's really heavy-handed because Sarah Connor's all bitter that the future's only plan for her was her womb and to birth this kid who she was obsessed with and then like that was only her role and destiny was this man she was supposed to give birth to and the big twist is when Grace reveals that Danny Ramos is the future savior. She is the John Connor. She doesn't give birth to a John Connor. She is. So it's actually like a woman who saves the future. And it becomes this whole future loop time storyline because Grace was like one of the first people to survive from the post-world after Legion takes it. And she's saved by Danny, who trains her to become the elite soldier that she becomes and then sends her back. But Danny only does this because Grace comes back and is her protector. And at the end of the movie, like, Grace doesn't make it. But Danny's mission is to erase the future where Grace has to die. 
and that aligns her with Sarah Connor, and so Sarah Connor becomes her mentor. So Sarah Connor's mentoring the future savior. Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's this whole causality loop again. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the comment section liked majority have that have seen it have liked. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a good story, and it's in Diego Luna's really good. The Terminator, the RX Terminator, is terrifying with everything that it can do. Because even like when you deal with the liquid metal part, there's this hard exoskeleton that's just murdering people, and like, yeah, and the whole kind of pace of the story is good about how they have to get out of Mexico and smuggle themselves across the border, and then they find Arnold, who is the Terminator that killed John. That's his storyline. So he's the Terminator that oh. killed John, and when he fulfilled his mission, Skynet doesn't continue anything. They just, you're just a, a tool without a use now. So he became more human over the decades. Oh my God. And he actually develops guilt for what he did, and you find out the other secret is he's the one who gave the future people the coordinates where to send Grace back, mm. and he's the one who's been telling Sarah Connor for decades whenever Terminators kind of breach and, and come to this time because he knows all the, the breach points. So he tells her and they work as a team. And so there's this other storyline of her having to work with him when she finds out the truth about how she's been getting these missions and who he is, um, where she has to kind of put it aside long enough to take out this other Terminator. She just keeps telling Arnold, like, I'm going to blow your face off as soon as this is over. Like, <laughs> and that whole storyline is That sounds powerful. awesome. It yeah. is awesome. And the comment section That's it, why like, I am still going to see it yeah. this weekend. I think I want to as well. Yeah, it's odd. It's an odd case of a movie where when you explain it all to people, they're like, "That's actually interesting. I want to see that." Like, I mean, why is it doing so badly at the box office? I, I mean, I think, I think it's there, timing, franchise fatigue, and, yeah. and yeah. timing. I think people are, are burnt out. <laughs> I on said Terminator it, with its. It's and been I don't a while. Think they're They've jaded had. on these past reboots. They're kind of like, I don't know. Right, and then and then with word getting out that like you know most of Deadpool was carried by Deadpool as opposed to, you know. Tim Miller. Tim Miller, it's, you know, it's just kind of, you know. It's not an exciting, I mean, it's not an exciting, it's a big blockbuster action movie, but it doesn't look like that. I mean, it, it, you have to work this hard to kind of squander the potential of that kind of movie, and he does it. So, I mean, it's not like that satisfying as like a thrilling visual experience, but it is a really good sci-fi story. Um, I think more people should give it a chance. I hope it gets a second life on home video and things like that, and it really becomes interesting, and people really do want to see more. Because it, it actually does the job. And this is the irony that makes me my head hurt. Is it, I've done now three Terminator movies since I've started this. And they've all bombed. Salvation, oh Genesis, and this. And this is by far the most interesting. And the only one that actually restarts and puts a fire back into the Terminator franchise. Like if you... Oh, that's something I really want to write. It's time for James Cameron to get back in this kitchen. But that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Like this actually rekindles the fire. that was part fire. of the... Cool, yeah. right? That yeah, he was that back he in was the kitchen. Back. Well, right. and now yeah. we know when that, like, yeah, it, if you yeah. read a lot of behind between the lines. Well, he also did an interview that basically said, like, he compared working with Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez on Alita and working with Tim Miller on uh, Terminator as two completely different experiences. Where he had such a great time working with Robert on Alita that he thought Tim was coming in to basically be another Robert, but Robert. Uh, uh, Jim basically came out and said that like Tim had his movie that he wanted to make and he mm. and Jim was like but I, I know this world and I want to do this this and this and wow. and that's where sort of the clashing sort of happened and he probably saw the dailies and was like yo you can't <laughs> hold an F in camera what's wrong with you <laughs> like that's not Avatar worthy like come on but uh, no I mean I like I do I hope it gets another chapter because this is the most interesting 
like rekindling of the franchise that I've seen so far. And it made me want to see more Terminator. So, I don't know what you do with all that. Maybe we go out and some people see more of it. Like I said, maybe it gets a second life on home video. Maybe it does really well on home video. Yeah, my people don't have to invest in theater. I also think it was timing. I said, and I will maintain up and down, it really annoys me. And they only did it because it's the 35th anniversary of the original Terminator's release. Nobody cared about that. I didn't even know that. Exactly. Like, they didn't even do that in marketing. (laughs) Nope. They didn't even put it in there. I never saw it. It wasn't an event. We didn't make it a milestone anniversary. We didn't do anything. Their marketing, I never saw any ads for it on anything because I don't live on, like, cable TV. I'm on, you know, But it was up anyway. It was also on, like, Halloween. And and that's the thing. That was a crucial mistake. Like, I think It and Dr. Sleep should have flipped release dates like Doctor Sleep's coming out this week right after Halloween I think Doctor Sleep should have been a Halloween movie Mm -hmm. and this should have come out now because like I said like people are now burned out we all partied everybody partied on Halloween everybody's partied out it's dark daylight savings people are just tired people are getting sick it's like (laughs) if you gave us a good halfway franchise movie this weekend Mm-hmm. Like people are gonna go see, so I want to. I'm interested to see what it does second weekend. Yeah. But that's Terminator: Dark Fate, a movie they did not know they were naming and also uh, describing uh, the uh, pathway uh, of what so, this movie oh, would be. So, quick no. thing: if this doesn't, which it looks like right now, won't perform. Oh, it's 29 million. It's dead. Yeah. So <laughs> if it's if it doesn't, they'll do another. Well, here's the thing, though. What is the way? Because they this was. Yeah, they I presented think, this I, amazing thing. I honestly thing. think it's talent. I think if they get a, a bigger name creator who wants to come on and take the... But Cameron. It, would no, it take Cameron. Cameron? Even if it was James Cameron. If James Cameron came back, uh, I guess. Absolutely. And I'm going to write an article soon that says he has to. Yep. Um, like, I think that's... I'm going to force him point, to do this. Yeah. I yeah. feel like... At this point, James Cameron has to. That's the correct. only way you get somebody yeah. to give... Yeah. Come back and T2 this whole thing shot. all over again. Yeah. Um, and also cut, cut some of the ties. We, we've done Arnold now storyline as many ways yeah, as we possibly can. Done, son. Like, we've de-aged him. We've found ways to bring old Arnold in. Cut that. And make this Linda Hamilton's last movie. I mean, she doesn't cost as much as an Arnold. I, mean, but I like, like seeing Keep her the talent back. cost down. You don't have to pay the Danny Ramos well, actress the, a lot. The idea, though, that like the Arnold brings helps bring in the international money, theoretically. We'll see. I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, that's Terminator's Dark Fate. All right. So, moving on from that happy topic, let's go something more buoyant here. Matt, <laughs> tell us what's going on in comics this week. <laughs> oh, this is what does. Uh, yeah, okay. So, I'm really bummed now, actually, because I'm really excited for this movie. Yeah, and me it's too. Gonna, Still be excited. Go see it. I'm going to go see it. I'm going to uh, go see it, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. so if Man, if we all do this for, like, a podcast, it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm poor happy. Poor timing, Kofi. Poor timing. Yeah, poor timing. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, comics this week. Uh, Marvel has, if you've been following our House of X and Powers of Ten coverage, uh, we've got two Dawn of X books coming out this week. So, X-Force two? one oh, man. Uh, and New Mutants number one. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to... to no, no, no. Yet. I haven't I yet. Uh, I really liked both. Don't go too deep. You know we're gonna... I did not see. I did not really like New Mutants. I loved X Force. X Force was okay. To be X Force might be one of the most surprising ones so far, just I, with what they. I do think it's. It. I think it has the wrong title. I don't think it's. It should be X Force. I think when I think of X Force, I think it's something completely different. I agree. That's why I went into. But to it. me, this, and Kobe, I know this is something that you've kind of been waiting for. This picks up all of the hype. That Howard, that House and Powers like dropped, and and continues it on like this to me feels like the 
the next chapter of the Hoxpox story. Which is crazy because you don't feel like that would be coming from X-Force. No. Feel like it would be coming from like X-Men. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but this, it's great. Like, it's really good. I also, I know Jamie didn't like New Mutants either. I really enjoyed it. It's not, I was, that was probably one of the books I was least excited about coming into this, even though Hickman's writing it. Uh, and, I mean, a lot of people like the co-writing. New as a group. Huh? Co-writing. He's co-writing it. But I I just really thought this was fun. I just really enjoyed the... To be fair, I think they've, they have been the best looking of the X-Men spinoff books, even better than X-Men. I think uh, I love Rod Reese's, you know, Sienkiewicz meets Phil Noto style in New Mutants. And the having Dean White color X-Force brings me back to the, the Remender days of X-Force. I didn't love... New All right, yeah, 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 keep it moving. We're not going well, okay, to keep. We're going to review both these books. It's really like the books. <laughs> yeah. it's, they're really good, though. Uh, Daredevil number 13 uh, is also really good. Uh, this is another one in the kind of Matt Murdock's learning how to be really be Daredevil again. Uh, so if you're a fan of the Elektra, Daredevil kind of back and forth uh, over the other books, this is definitely one worth checking out. Plus, it deals a lot with Kingpin in some new and interesting ways that you don't really see him dealt with. So, very good. No, as well. Mayor of New York and he legalized weed. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, Batman number eighty-two uh, surprised uh, snot out of me. Uh, they do some some very interesting things in that book that I did not expect. If you are a fan of Batman and Catwoman, you again like Tom King's main arc has been. If you're a fan of those two. Again, they're doing some great stuff. I mean, I'm sorry, those two in his hands, it's very divisive. A lot of people don't like the bat cat back and forth thing. I do, and I and it's great. So this book again will but delivers a very big shock towards the end. So if you're looking for that kind of hook for the next issue, this has it. Uh I know Jim's gonna roll his eyes when I say Green Lantern, Black Stars, number one. <laughs> uh Grant Morrison's uh three issue kind of Weird, it's like a spinoff kind of, but in between book uh, because they're taking a break from the Green Lantern uh, for a little bit so that Liam Shark can kind of get ahead. Uh, so this book just continues how Jordan is a part of this new force. Uh, if you're, I mean, you know Grant Morrison stuff. Yeah. If you're a fan of the ambitious and weird, you're gonna find stuff to like in this book. If yeah, you're like not quality, so I kind of have. To. If you like the more traditional storytelling, though, of you know, even Green Lantern, but some other books, you're not, this is a lot. Like, they don't, he doesn't, he assumes you read the other one, and so it just you just kind of go in, and he starts telling so all these not, huge Yeah, how weird does Grant Morrison on. in space get? Like, it is pretty weird. <laughs> like, it's pretty weird. It's everything you think, Kofi. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope not. So if you want something a little more, also weird, but in a different way, a Legion of Superheroes number one launches, uh, Bendis is in uh, full form there, and it has Jonathan Kent, Superboy going into the future and joining them. So there's a tie from those uh, action comics books. Uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's fine. I'm not a giant (laughs) fan of the artwork. I mean, I'm not, I'm just not, that's just not my bad. I I love Ryan Sook on on covers. And I thought some of the stuff that he did in, I guess, some of the stuff leading up to it, I thought looked great. But when I saw some of the preview pages for this, I was like, well, Okay. Uh, that's just that visual style just doesn't yeah. do a lot for me. So it's not anything against it. I mean, I, I imagine fans will like it. It's just not the biggest thing for me. But it is interesting storytelling wise. Uh, for those who have been kind of missing uh, a book in like the Wonder Woman format from Greg Rucka a couple years back, Lois Lane has been 
excellent. Rucka is just knocking it out of the park. And if you're a fan of Renee Montoya question, there's some awesome question sequences in here where she's just beating the crap out of like some thugs. And it's like she's doing this investigation along with Lois Lane. There's a whole also breakdown on like reporting in America and kind of a, a topical thing about like what reporters actually do, okay. what their research is. It's this opening conversation on a plane with her. And it's it's excellent. So this book, I could not recommend this book more. It's a mini series. So it's not going to be forever, but it's very good. Uh, also, Spawn number 302. Uh, I mean, Spawn just keeps, and I mean, you're the keeps bigger Spawn trucking. fan than me, but it's been enjoyable. I've, I've just, enjoyed it. I am it. more shocked that we've gotten this far with Todd actually yeah. contributing pages to the book. Yeah. Like, and like nothing gets me hyped more than seeing some Todd McFarlane art. And so. I'll read it. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer number nine. We are in the middle of the Hellmouth event. So uh, Angel and Buffy are crossing over. And again, if you're a fan of Willow uh, and Xander and kind of her crew, Spike and all those people, uh, Hellmouth has been has been really fun. And they they do a lot of drawbacks to the original show. So you should definitely check it out. So that's me. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We did a whole show, plus a few bonus surprises from the Batman. Yeah, man. Yeah, so if you have anything that we've been talking about up here you want to weigh in on, make sure you hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. If you're just now getting into the show, we post new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed to get regular updates about the show, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast, or you can check us out on the YouTube, where all the kids see their video stuff. YouTube. <laughs> on the YouTube. Uh, that's a that's a deep cut joke I'll explain later. But uh, if you want to talk to any of us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me actually on twitch.tv slash Janelle Wheeler and at Janelle Wheeler on all social Twitch plugs. It's finally happened. Yeah. It's like you're a real part of the show now. I yeah. am a video gamer. Yeah, let's just do an extended plug. If you guys are uh, down for, uh, you like chilling with Janelle here every Wednesday on the show, she also does streams. Live. Live streams. Four days a week. I got you. Here's a little party. Have you told the Wheeler Wagon about us? I, I've definitely told the Wheeler Wagon. We like to watch it on stream, actually. That's great. Yeah. Oh, great. yeah, wagon. there you go. Community. <laughs> There's a, uh, what I gather, there is some singing, there is some baking, there is some gaming. Like you got, yeah. you got a fun little stream happening over yeah, there. Yeah, it's so, really cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. So and actually, the Terminator was heavily promoted on Twitch. Nice. There you go. We just brought this <laughs> so all full circle. It. I did know you I was going to correct myself, but then I. <laughs> just you guys let Terminator die. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you guys My let fault. Terminator die. <laughs> My fault. All right, well. He's not now. wrong. He's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> well, we're going to go pour one out for Terminator. That's going to do it for us. If you love the show, be sure to leave those five-star reviews on iTunes because we're going to read some more and we're gonna send going to send some T-shirts. Yeah, and we have a new they batch of T-shirts so already going too. out. So They're yeah. amazing. Yeah, we've created some living billboards here in the office, so make sure you're one of them too. Leave that five-star review. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys for our Friday show. Deuces.